0: This is an ABC podcast. I want you to think differently about how you set goals. Smart goals, they're not going to do it for you. Smart goals are all about tidying up what's already there, it's about measuring small stuff. I want you to be ambitious for yourself and for the world. So find a place to take on a worthy goal, but you're looking for a combination of thrilling, important, and daunting.
1: That's Michael Bungay-Stanier.
0: I'm best known for a couple of books. One is A Coaching Habit and one is my new book, How to Begin.
1: Hello, I'm Lisa Leong and you're listening to This Working Life. Today, we're talking all about how to set a goal and nail it. book, How to Begin, Start Doing Something That Matters, Michael gives us nine steps to help us find our worthy goal and commit to it and just begin. And uh, if worthy does sound a bit earnest to you, well, don't worry. We'll come to that in just a moment. Now, Michael, you start the book with a quote, which I love. It's from Mary Oliver's The Summer Day. Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? and yeah. i picked out the words one and plan can you say more about mm. those <laughs> words and the sentiment there
0: yeah well i'm an atheist so for me i'm like this is it <laughs> <laughs> this is my one this is my one kick of the can yeah so i'm like okay look life is one brief blip of light amongst the darkness so make it extraordinary make it the best you can fill it up with a good life don't don't settle for it you know I mean, I'm Australian, so obviously one of my all-time favourite movies is Strictly Borum. Oh, yeah. And that great quote from Strictly Borum, a life lived in fear is a life half-lived. That kind of connects to the the one thing.
1: And And in fact, you have a death date, Michael. So tell us about (laughs) what this is.
0: Yeah. So this comes from an American writer called Kevin Kelly. And I read this article some years ago. He said, look, we all know our birth date. But the truth is all of us have a, a day that is unacknowledged for most of us, which is our death date. And you know, nobody knows exactly when they're going to die. But it turns out with actuarial tables, you can calculate when in theory you're going to die. And there's a way that is really powerful to kind of go, when am I likely to kick the bucket? You know, do I have a date for that? And we all do. You know, mine is in September 2042. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's, whew, okay, that's, what's that, 20 years in a bit? Oh, wow.
1: That's really soon. Th- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for that. <laughs> okay.
1: And what is the um, implication then of you having a death date?
0: Well, the implication is life is short, so let's make the most of it. And then what Kevin Kelly says, and I don't know if it's entirely true, but it's useful, is you can do one big project about every five years. So I go, well, I reckon I've got four big projects left in me. Now, opportunity cost is really obvious. I've got to start going. What am I going to, what choices am I going to make? Because me, and I think this is true for lots of people, it's easy to kind of fall into a default mode where life just keeps happening to you and you kind of passively receive it and get swept along by it. And I'm not one for believing in five year plans. I don't think plans, every five year plan I've ever created has been farcical in terms of how accurate it is but the act of planning is powerful you know that's I think Kitchener said that plans are useless but planning is useful so think to yourself what's a goal what's a worthy goal how do I commit to it how do I go for it and how do I see how it unfolds that sets you up for a life of adventure
1: Okay. So, and we're getting into the nub of the book now, and we've picked up that word plan from Mary Oliver's The Summer Day as well. So, we know that we've got a short amount of time, and we know we need to do something in terms of the, let's say for you, four big projects that we've got left <laughs> right. in us. So, you use this term, worthy goal. Worthy mm-hmm. is quite a loaded word. It uh, is. What is your definition of worthy here?
0: Look, I'm, I'm glad you picked that up because it's true. There's a way that you can talk about a worthy goal and it sounds like, is this morally appropriate?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I'm like, it's, it's not about that at all. It's, it's about, is this worth your life? Is this worth the time and the energy and the commitment and the journeying and the unexpectedness and the adventure that's ahead of you if you're committed to this? Is it worth it for you to take this on?
1: Do you want to try it on me?
0: Sure. I I, I love the sound of that.
1: Okay. so Where do you want to start? Well, I think there's a goal around creating a new top-notch Sunday radio show on the ABC. Uh, That's my goal. Now, I'm chuckling a little bit because where have you heard those words before? (laughs)
0: <laughs> because it's one of the two uh, <laughs> examples that I give in my show, which is like I'm trying to create a top-notch podcast and getting it out into the world. So, so I copied. So brilliant. <laughs> oh,
1: that's brilliant.
0: No, no, I am I am a big fan of recycling. So take my stuff and adapt it to you. That's, that's a perfect thing to do, Lisa.
1: Okay. Now I do actually, I'm starting a new Sunday radio show, but I've just um, right. copied and pasted your words there just to get us started on that's how great. people might sort of draft their, you know, start somewhere goal. So what do I do? do with that
0: (laughs) so look you've done the first step which is you've written down a first draft of a worthy goal right now here's what normally happens people go that's it i'm done (laughs) i Mm. should just get going on this then and i want to slow us down here because i want us to to poke at this a little bit to kind of examine it because if there's one thing i've learned as a writer the second draft is better than the first draft and the third draft is better than the second draft and I want to give you the best chance of shaping a goal that is really powerful, really compelling, the best possible version of what you've already made a start on. Now, here's the framework to okay. understand what, what means a worthy goal. It should be thrilling. It should be important. And it should be daunting. So thrilling means, does it light you up? Does it get you excited? Does it make you rub your hands in glee and go, I can't wait. This is exactly what I want to be doing. Important is does this give more to the world than it takes? Does this contribute to a bigger game in a bigger way somehow? And daunting is, does this take you to the edge of your competence and your confidence and your experience and your sense of self so that this will be a place for growth for you?
1: Why do we need these things? And maybe you can explain it in terms of something we fail at a lot, which is New Year's resolutions. Yeah.
0: Well, look, thrilling is about are you sure you care about this? (laughs) Are you sure this lights you up? And what's great about putting the first emphasis on thrilling is it is a counteraction to what sometimes shows up with goals and really often with new year's resolutions is a sense of obligation and a sense of ought to, I ought to do this. I should do that. You know, in my role, and at this time it's probably appropriate that I take this on right now. And, you know, through external forces and internal forces as well, we often kind of take on goals that we're just not that excited about. So I think New Year's resolutions often aren't that thrilling. They're sort of like, oh, here's the burden. I need to do this, do that, do the other. And it's not that exciting for me. The important thing is it matters because the worst of self help, in my opinion, is when it's all about me, me, me. And it's just about me having the life that I want. And look, I'm I'm a fan of self-care and I'm a fan of self-nourishment and all of that stuff. But I want this planet to be better. I want people to, as somebody once said, give more to the world than they take. And so the important question is, does this serve more than just your own needs? Does this actually contribute to your community or your audience or your team or your organization or your country or your movement in some way That makes the world a little bit better. And then the daunting is just like, look, if it's thrilling and important, but you're no longer growing, then you start to atrophy. You start to stop evolving and becoming the the amazing person you can be. So you want to be at that learning edge as well.
1: And Michael, then what is the role of prizes and punishments?
0: So let's imagine that you walked away from this worthy goal, Mm -hmm. but then we've got to balance it against the other question, which is like, and what gets lost? If you don't take on this worthy goal, what's the punishment of not taking this on? So now you look at that and you weigh it up, Lisa, prizes and punishments. And you need to ask yourself, does the the cost of me not taking this on, does that outweigh the comfort of me not taking it on? The reason why this is worth asking, because you asked the question, what if I didn't do it, prizes and punishments, and then what if I fully committed to it, prizes and punishments, Mm. is that what it does is it uncovers otherwise hidden commitments. So when you take on a worthy goal, you're saying goodbye to some of the comfort and familiarity and commitments of the status quo. And unless you start seeing that clearly, it's hard for you to commit in a wholehearted way.
1: Building on that then, what is the role of mosquitoes?
0: Oh, yeah. So, one of the things about mosquitoes is looking at the way we sabotage ourselves when we set up these worthy goals. So, what are the things that you're doing or not doing that are contrary to this worthy goal that you set yourself? What are the things that you know you shouldn't be doing and you're kind of doing anyway? So, as you know, as you think about a radio show, it's, I mean, I'm making stuff up because I don't know, but I'm like, I'm delaying writing a pitch for it. I'm not exploring potential conversations that would be interesting to to moderate, and I'm just making this stuff up. But you find that there are little things that you do and don't do that keep pulling you away from your worthy goal.
1: Once we've got this list, what do we do with these mosquitoes?
0: First of all, you just go, huzzah. <laughs> and you give yourself permission to go, look, that's okay. That's really human. Because- the typical reaction, the normal reaction, will just to be look at yourself and go, "What is wrong with me?" Yeah. <laughs> Why I'm, I'm a loser. I'm, I, I say I want to do this, and you know I don't do it. I'm broken in some ways. Maybe I'm not, I'm not worthy of taking this thing on. But I've got a twist on it, and I think it's this: The act of saying you want to take on a worthy goal is already brilliant. It's speaking to the amb- holding ambition for yourself and for the world, which is just wonderful. And it's daunting. So it is only to be expected that there is resistance to that because, you know, your brain is wired to resist the stuff where it's not totally clear whether it's safe or dangerous or what the path is or what the journey is. So the way I think about it is this, Lisa. One of the great models of the world is the hero's journey. It's not the only model, but it's a, a useful model. And people know this, right? You know, the hero, hears the call. She crosses the threshold. She goes into the darkness. She takes on the monster. She defeats the monster. She takes the prize. And she brings the prize back to her community. She's changed and she changes her community. And everybody lives happily ever after. You know, it's the archetypal model that's behind Star Wars and the like. But here's the the step in the hero's journey that gets missed often enough. When the hero first hears the call, the call of adventure, the call of the worthy goal, she resists the call. Mm -hmm. So what I would offer up is what you're doing in noticing these moments of resistance is you're saying, this is a heroic journey. This is me resisting the call to the adventure. Now that you notice your resistance, it's time to step over the threshold and get going. When you're on the journey, you want to find a way of coming back to the best version of yourself because when you're taking on something that is daunting and you're struggling and it's hard and you don't always know the journey, you're going to be under stress. And when you're under stress, sometimes you're suboptimal in in whatever way it might be. So it's helpful to start off with just to remember that, look, when you're struggling, stop and pause and go, how do I get back to the better version of who I am? rather than trying to keep grinding through at this suboptimal level. And you know, in the book, there is this exercise called this, not that. And here's how this exercise works. You think about all the times when you're at your very best, and this is you going back into your past and remembering stories where you're like, you know what, I, I kind of rock that. <laughs> I was just in the top of my form. I was in the flow state. I was in the zone.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And, yep. and you try and come up with some words that, articulate what that might mean for you. An example for me, I'm like, look, when I'm at my best, I'm on my front foot. You know, I'm kind of stepping forward. I just know that that's how I feel both physically and and metaphorically, I'm stepping forward. And then you think about times when you're under stress and you were kind of like less good, not failing utterly, but kind of like let's say 15 or 20% off your game. And it's like, what words partner up with you there? And, you know, for me, I know that when I'm playing small or I'm feeling nervous or feeling anxious, I'm kind of on my back foot. And what you're looking to do is construct kind of pairs of words, like five, six, seven pairs of words that capture you at your best and capture you when you're not at your best. So, you know, examples for me are stepping forward rather than stepping back. And here's how it helps me, Lisa. When I'm off my game, I can notice that, oh, I'm, I'm kind of on my back foot and it reminds me that I'm at my best when I'm actually being courageous and provocative. And it helps me come back to that best sense of who I am. The more that you can reconnect to that best sense of who you are, where your, your sense of being and doing is optimal, the better chance you have of kind of making this journey and staying on the path.
1: What is the role of the fast fail? And in particular, I know we're both fans of Roz and Ben Zander and the art of possibility. Indeed. Do you want to talk about yeah. that?
0: Yeah, look, it would be lovely once you define your worthy goal and once you've figured <laughs> out how to commit, if you could just plug the address into your Google Map and kind of, you know, it says take a left, take a right, take another left and you'll be there. But the journey of a worthy goal is never as straightforward as that. Because you know how to start, but you don't know how this is going to unfold. You don't know how this is going to finish. So it's about tentative movement. You want to keep moving, but you just want to be experimenting and testing and trying some stuff out. And it is inevitable that not everything is going to work. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And one of the ways that we get seduced off the path is to give up. Ah, I screwed up. Ah, that didn't work. Ah, I failed here. What's the point? see i knew i should have taken this on and you kind of you know stomp off and have a little sulk in the corner and ben zander and rosanda you know they wrote a book gosh 25 years ago maybe called the art of possibility and in that book ben zander and rosanda talk about a way of dealing with struggle and failure and i love it you throw your hands up in the air Changes your physiological state, and you say, How fascinating. <laughs> and the, the power of how fascinating is it makes you laugh, just like Lisa did. You know, it's got some humor to it, but it has some wisdom in it, which is like, You know what? This too will pass. This is not the end of it. This is not the all of it. This too will pass. And it also invites you to be curious as to what, what can be learned here.
1: Now everyone knows why I go down the corridors of the ABC going, oh, how fascinating. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think we need to step it up with the goal that I've set. So shall I have another yeah. crack at running it through your filter?
0: Here's what I want you to do. On a score of one to seven, I want you to rate your goal against each one of those three key attributes. So if you're being honest, for yourself, how thrilling is this out of seven? So you know, rep- Seven is like... Off the top of the charts, like, you can't wait. Five is like, it's, yeah, it's okay. Three is like, I don't know. It just felt somebody told me I should do this.
1: Okay, so it's create a new top-notch Sunday radio show. And as yeah. written, I feel like it's still a bit middling. So it's a, it's a five for thrilling the way I've drafted this.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah. Let's talk about important. You know, on a scale of one to seven, how important does this feel? It gives more to the world than it takes. It leaves the world a bit better than it might be. How would you score that?
1: I think the way it's drafted, five again.
0: Got it. And let's talk about daunting. You know, how much does this push you to the edge out of seven? Seven is like you get sweaty just thinking about it. Four is like, yeah, I can, I can see how I could do this. Four. Got it. So if you add those up, you've got five and five and four. Yeah. So that's 14 out of 21. Yeah. It can be a little bit easy to start judging yourself at this stage. Oh, my goal is only 14 out of 21. And really, it's just it's just a triangulation for you to figure out, well, how might you actually change things up now? Where would you make to focus? So now if you look at thrilling, important, and daunting, you've got five, five, and four. Which one of those levers would you like to play around with and see if you can move it up towards six or a seven?
1: Well, I actually think that they feel interrelated for me. So I reckon I can dial up the thrilling component by giving it a little bit more detail in terms Mm. of what do we mean by new and top-notch. For me, they don't feel hinged on anything and actually they don't feel very personal. So if I look at my values of being creative and curious and fun, I actually might put that into the goal. So, And then maybe... a an active word as well, so to launch nice. because we're starting, mm-hmm. and then maybe this creative, curious and fun radio show
0: yeah.
1: on Sunday. <laughs> and then I <laughs> actually nice. wonder whether connection should be part of this as well because we're feeling very disconnected, I think, at right. this point in time. And mm-hmm. Sundays, you know, it's that moment where every other day is doing and Sundays. Yeah, it's a gathering is, day. yeah, right. So what about yeah. fosters? So we want to have fosters in there somewhere and then yeah. a sense of belonging.
0: Nice. You've done a lot of you've <laughs> done a lot of reworking there, which is brilliant. Let me just point to some of the stuff that you've done so folks listening can understand how you've been tinkering with it mm. to kind of get the power of it. So one of the things that you did was to add a verb at the start of it. And One of the things that can be really powerful about a goal is making sure that you're really clear on the doing word of it. It's actually one of the ironies (laughs) that if you set a goal and all you do is think about the outcome, it's actually demotivating because your brain, which is not that good at differentiating between what you're thinking and what reality is, if you obsess about the outcome and only the outcome, your brain goes... I think you got this. You can see it so clearly. It's almost not worth working on it. So in a weird way, it becomes demotivating to to do that. But what you've done is you've gone, I want to launch a program. So now it's into the, oh, that's the doing word, the launching of it, getting that out into the world. That's pretty exciting. And then one of the things that you've done, and it's brilliant, Lisa, is you've interrogated the important side of your goal. Mm. So... When you say, look, it's a, a Sunday radio program, I'm like, well, that's nice. But what you said is like, I want it to have a purpose. Like, why bother doing this? How does this serve the bigger picture? How does this make it important? And you've got a really clear sense of this. You went for the sake of fostering connection and fostering community. So yeah. you're giving it a sense of moral purpose. That's really powerful around that.
1: Should we yeah. run the numbers?
0: So, yeah, let's run the numbers. So one of seven, how thrilling does this feel now?
1: Seven, Woo. And how about
0: important? You know, on a score of one to seven, how now that you're a curious show that's about fostering community and connection, one to seven, how does that rate?
1: Well, seven, because this sense of belonging, I think is really important right now. Sure,
0: yeah. And how daunting does this feel?
1: Well, that's a funny one for me because in a way I'm feeling so energized by it that the <laughs> level of daunting feels somewhat decreased. But I actually know that you know, to maintain that curiosity, it is daunting if I had to look at mm-hmm. it objectively. So I would put it as a seven as well. Like I'm, I'm pretty nice. happy actually with this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I can feel that and you can yeah. hear it in your voice. And, I, you know, I call something in the book, I call it the voting test. And it's just a, a rule of thumb. But I'm like, if it's not, if it's not 18 or more out of 21, <laughs> you're going to need more goal. Because, you know, when you take on a worthy goal, thrilling, important and daunting, it's hard. There are moments when you doubt yourself or you get lost where you just want to lie down on the floor and curl up and hope it all goes away. So you need something that has the internal and external motivation that will keep pulling you forward.
1: Well, I'm feeling good about this worthy goal now and I'm feeling armed to sort of try things and then have my little fails and, and find the fascinating side of those. Can we recap? So in a nutshell how would you summarise the takeaways for people who are wanting to begin?
0: Right. So the first is to say, look, I I want you to think differently about how you set goals, smart goals. They're not going to do it for you. Smart goals are all about tidying up what's already there. It's about measuring small stuff. I want you to be ambitious for yourself and for the world. So find a place to take on a worthy goal. Some of you will know it. Some of you will need to do some thinking about it. But you're looking for a combination of thrilling, important and daunting. And the first thing you write down is probably a great start, but it's also probably a crappy first draft. Mm-hmm. Those are both true. So work it. You know, you heard me do the test, the voting test with Lisa, which is like score a one to seven on thrilling, important, and daunting. How can you try and increase that number as high as you can so you finally get to a place where I'm like, this feels like a worthy goal that is worthy of me, worthy of my ambition. Second step is to kind of test your commitment. And that's the question around weighing up the prizes and punishments of doing it and not doing it. So you can really say, you know what? I've uncovered what might be the cost of me taking this on or the cost of me not taking it on. And I am up for it. And then the third step broadly is crossing the threshold. And you do that by taking first steps, building a team around you and remembering the best version of yourself so that you can keep going when times get hard.
1: Thanks to Michael Bungay-Stanier for helping us to begin our worthy goals. I'm Lisa Leong. Thanks for listening to This Working Life. This episode was produced by Zoe Ferguson. Now, I hope you're a tad less scared and feeling good about those worthy goals. And next week, we're going to talk about motivation. We've set our goals. How can we stay motivated to get there? If you are engaged, if you like what you're doing, you are intrinsically motivated. One way to increase intrinsic motivation is to add immediate rewards, to make it more pleasant, to listen to music while you, you do your work. That's next week. And until then, keep working.
0: You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.